May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Happy New Year! It's great to see you here. I'm so glad that you're here today. And I, lo- I love New Year uh, because New Year is a chance to start fresh. It's a chance to start new. Um, by the way, how many of you have already worked out at least one time in the new year? Anybody? Oh, good. Yeah, several of you. Okay. Yeah, I have too. And by the way, it hurts to raise my hand right now. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but New Year's a time to, it's time to reflect and look back at 2015, and it's a time to also look forward to 2016. Now, the problem for a lot of us is, is that we tend not to look back at 2015 very much. And the reason we don't look back is because the truth is, we're so busy and we have so much pressure. I mean, how many are already feeling the pressure of 2016? I mean, I know I am, I'm already feeling it. And so we tend not to look back as much as we should. Um, right before Christmas, Amy and I, we went on a walk around our neighborhood and uh, we, we talked about some of the things that have happened in 2015 and how some of those things were going to affect us in 2016 and what we thought like, God might want us to do. And, and we started, as so we started this conversation, it was really a great walk. And we, got a, we just talked about so much. In fact, our walk lasted like over three miles. It was just so good. And so, uh, so many good things came. Like, hey, don't snicker. Like, that's a long way for me, okay? So... Um, <clears throat> But so much good came out of the walk, and it started a conversation that we're going to continue as a family of the things that we've seen God do, but looking forward to what we want to see God do in 2016 as a family. And so we're going to talk about that, and as we project that, we're going to set some goals for what we want to see God do, and then we're going to um, you know, make some commitments to achieve those goals. So I want us to do the very same thing as a church. I want us to spend a little time looking at what God did in 2015, looking forward to what that means that God might want to do in 2016 as we continue to reach the lost at any cost and grow them to maturity, and then make some commitments so that we can be a part of making all of that happen. And I think what we'll find is, is we, you know, we've all heard the phrase that you know, hindsight's 2020, right? But I think what we'll find is if we look back at 2015 at the things that God started, and if we use that as a guide to project what God is going, has, wants to continue to do in 2016, I think what we'll find out is that foresight can also be 2020. So go ahead and find your message notes, and let's start going through this together. Let's look at some highlights of what Jesus did in 2015 at Parkway Fellowship. The first one, the first bullet point is this. Get this. 660 people accepted Jesus Christ for the first time at Parkway Fellowship last year. 660 people. Holy cow. That's a new Parkway Fellowship record. And our staff's done a great job following up on these people and calling them and helping them take their next steps and following Jesus. Now, let me tell you how we get this number. On your connection card every week, there's a blank somewhere where people make commitments where you can say something like, I prayed the prayer today to become a Christ follower for the first time in my life. Now, when someone checks that, that next week, we email them, we call them on the phone, and then we also send them a packet in the mail. Now, when we call them on the phone, if we realize that 
oh, I, you know, they checked that box by mistake, or no, they actually really are a Christ follower, but maybe they're just getting started in their journey, but you know, didn't realize what they're doing. Okay, fine. We, we don't count those people. So to the best of our knowledge, these are the people that have genuinely accepted Christ in 2016. So these people have gone from death to life. These people are new creations, according to the Bible. They are, were once were blind, but now they see. They once were spiritually dead, but now they are born again. 660 people. I mean, that is incredible. Let's give those people a round of applause. Can we do that? That's incredible. Now, look at the next thing God did. In 2015, we saw 146 people were baptized here at the park. 146 people. See, baptism is an illustration of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So when someone goes down into the water, it's symbolic of the death and burial of Christ. When they come up out of the water, it's symbolic of the resurrection of Christ. Okay, get this. Simultaneously, it's also a symbol of what happens in a person's heart when they become a Christian. So when they go underwater, it's symbolic of the fact that their old way of living is, is dead. The water is symbolic of the blood of Christ, which washes away their sin. When they come up out of the water, it's symbolic of their commitment to live a new life in Christ, okay? Now look, let me be clear. None of that happens when someone gets baptized. Baptism is a symbol of what happened when they prayed that prayer to become a Christ follower, because that's when all that you know, new commitment, new life occurs. So look, nobody is saved by being baptized any more than you're saved when you go take a bath, all right? That's not when it happens. All that happens by praying a prayer, asking Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and make a commitment to follow him. And that was true for 146 people this last year. Okay, now here's another, another thing. Uh, last year also, we started a new ministry team to help single parents, widows, and elderly in our church. Now hopefully you were here on October 11th when uh, we announced this, and uh, the response has been overwhelming. But just in case you missed it, uh, literally I'd encourage you to go back, catch it on iTunes, or go watch it on our website. But in an effort to help the people in our church who need help the most, we've had more than 100 people volunteer to give up three Saturdays in a year to help these people do the things that they cannot do for themselves or can't afford to do for themselves, like doing some light home repair or yard work or fixing leaky faucets or a leaning fence, that these people in our church that need help the most, we've had so many people step up, step up and say, you know what? I'm willing to help those people in our church family. It's been incredible. It's been awesome. Okay? Uh, next, we scheduled live preaching at the North Campus. See, we're learning more and more about what it takes for a multi-site campus to be effective. And our research has shown that successful multi-site churches, one of these emerging characteristics is that from time to time, they have live preaching. And so far, when we tried it, it's been really effective. So we've actually scheduled more live preaching at the North Campus, which is strategic for us to know because What's successful at the North Campus serves as a model for future campuses moving forward. Okay, 
So those are some of the highlights of the things that God did in 2015. So speaking of future campuses, let's look at the future. Let's look at 2016. Knowing what God's done, what is it that he's wanting to continue to do in 2016? Well, here's the first. God wants us to continue to reach non-church people in Jesus' name. He wants us to continue to reach non-church people in Jesus' name. Look, there's more people moving in our area than ever, ever before. Did you know, two months ago, I read an article that our area is one of the top five fastest growing areas in the country. Top five in the country. So we have to reach as many people as we possibly can as fast as we possibly can. Because although Jesus came to this earth to show us God's love, although he came to heal the brokenhearted, although he came to do so many good things, Jesus came for one primary purpose. And he even tells us what that is. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. This is Jesus talking. He says, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to seek and to save what was lost. And the truth is, we are never more like Jesus than when we are inviting people to church and reaching out to them in his name. And so we've got to continue to reach out to people. So, you know, when someone moves in on your street, be one of the first people to go down and welcome them to the neighborhood. And in that conversation, invite them to come to church. When your child joins a sports team or is in a part of a club or an activity at school. Listen, there might be a reason that God put your kid on that particular team. For instance, this last year, Ben, he's played football and he's been on this team before, but God sent some new families to our team and just through conversations with them, talking to them, you know, we started inviting them to come to church. And as a result, there are four families from Ben's football team that now come to church regularly here at Parkway Fellowship. And it's just because we started inviting them to come. And they were open and receptive to it. And so we have to be a part of that. And, and listen, when you are inviting someone to come to church and you, and you see God do something in their, life, I'm, in their lives, I'm telling you, that is one of the most meaningful and satisfying things you can ever be a part of. And it feels so good to be a part of what God's already doing. Okay? All right. Next. We need to baptize more Christ followers than ever before. We gotta baptize more Christ followers than ever before, ever before. Listen, baptism is where you go from being an incognito Christian to being a known Christian. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus asked his followers to be baptized because basically when someone's baptized, they are saying with their actions, hey, I'm not afraid or ashamed or embarrassed to be numbered as a follower of Jesus Christ. Like, it doesn't, I want people to know that is who I am and that is what I have become. And when we're baptized, it inspires other people to do the same. And when we see people are baptized, those that are already Christ followers, it helps inspire us to see that Jesus is still changing lives. Oh, it's so, it's so great. So listen, if you know someone that hasn't been baptized, encourage them to be baptized in 2016. And if you have never been baptized, I would encourage you, be baptized in 2016. Because it's 
one of the first things that Jesus commands any of his followers to do, and the reason he asked them to do it is because that is their public proclamation of saying, you know what, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to be known as a follower of Christ. Look what the Bible says happened in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Look at it. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So here's Philip, one of the 12 disciples. He's just preached to an enormous crowd of people, and hundreds of them chose to become Christ followers. And at this, at, in that moment, hundreds of them were baptized because it was one of the first commands of Christ for someone who becomes a Christ follower. And those people were were willing to say, you know what, I'm not afraid or ashamed to be known as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is all about. Okay, next, we're gonna continue to develop the missions branch of Parkway Fellowship. God wants us to develop the missions branch of Parkway Fellowship. Because, you know, as many of you know, we're only, uh, not only are we ramping up to help people within our church, but we're also ramping up to help people in our community as well, okay? Our Christmas offering this year, half of it is going to go to an organization called Love 146, which is working to end child human trafficking. The other half is going to go to help support four local missions projects where we are going to feed needy people in our area. We are going to um, help families who are going through a medical crisis. We are going to feed 3,000 children during spring break who will not eat during spring break because there's no free government lunch at school for them because school's not in session. And then fourth, we are going to provide materials for shoes for kids in Africa who are suffering horribly crippling foot diseases, all because they just don't have shoes. And all of that is just the beginning. Because later this year, we are planning to hire a missions pastor that will continue to develop the missions branch of Parkway Fellowship so the things that God has started will continue and escalate as we go. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. And I'm so excited about it. Okay? All right? Um, Next thing that God wants us to do in 2016 is we're going to find non-portable spaces for the North Campus and future campuses. You know, it dawns on me that maybe some people don't even know that we have more than one campus. Our North Campus uh, currently meets in Old Katy at Hutzel Elementary School. And in the future, we'll have other campuses because... At some point in time, our, as our community grows, it just becomes too far to drive to c- come all the way to one campus. So what we're going to do is we're going to take Parkway Fellowship to them by starting new campuses. And Pastor Adam and I, um, he's the pastor at the North Campus, he and I have been meeting, we've been discussing and researching um, successful multi-site campuses. And in addition to live preaching, one thing that we've also discovered is an emerging truth is that those campuses grow much more rapidly when they are in a non-portable situation. What that means is that, that where they don't have to set up and tear down all of their equipment for church every single week. 
Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to have to buy and build a building, buy land and build a building, but what it probably means is that we will rent or lease a space until that campus grows big enough so that they um, can you know, buy land and build a building all on their own. But those will make our, those campuses much more successful, much faster. Those are just some of the things we see God doing in 2016. And who knows how much more God has in store, but the point is, the point is, God has been working, and our Heavenly Father has been reaching out to people, and he's been changing lives and drawing people more and more to himself, and he's going to continue to do that in 2016. I want you to look at one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, the Bible says this. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom heaven has, of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. So be part of God's forcefully advancing kingdom in the world. Okay, look, your life is too valuable. Your calling too great. And our God is too awesome to waste your life on things in this world that do not matter. So ask him to allow you to be a part of his forcefully advancing kingdom in this world. I mean, look, that is something that you'll never regret. That is something that you will always look back on. You will say, God, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of that. Thank you so much for using me to help establish what you have done. You'll never regret it. And you'll always look back on it and say, God, thank you so much for helping me, for allowing me to be a part of what you're doing. So, what can we practically do to be a part of these things that God already is doing? And and the truth is, um, there's three things. And the truth is, if all of us would participate in doing these things, if everybody did it, Parkway Fellowship would become the greatest church in America. If all of us did just these three things, then There's no limit to what God can do. There will be no limit to the number of people that God can reach. If we did all just these three things, then there's no limit to the number of lives that God could change, the amount of generations that God could change through us. Three things. I'm going to give them to you all in a row, so just write them all down, and then I'm going to go through and I'm going to talk about each one of them, okay? The three things that we need to do are these. Leading, funding, inviting. Leading, Funding and inviting, those three things. Now, let me go through one by one. When I say leading, I mean that God wants you to lead other people to become closer to him. And one of the key ways that you do that is by volunteering somewhere at church to make church a place where people can experience God and be changed by Jesus Christ. Now look, I I say leading and not volunteering, because leading is so, it's so much more than volunteering. Look, volunteering is just giving my time, but leading gives meaning to volunteering, because when I'm leading other people to have an experience with Christ, that gives so much more meaning to whatever it is that I'm volunteering to do. And listen, when you're leading, that doesn't mean you have to like be up front and have a lot of people. You can, you can absolutely lead from behind the scenes. So, for instance, you are leading anytime you're teaching kids in a classroom 
because you're helping them learn truths about God and about his son, Jesus Christ. You're leading when you're guiding students, teenagers, in a discussion at a table in the youth ministry. You are leading when you are leading people in prayer. You're leading when you're leading people to take the Lord's Supper. You are leading when you are um, helping people when they walk out onto our campus and walk in our building for the very first time, when you open the door for them and you greet them with a smile and a kind word. You are leading them to start an experience with Christ that can possibly change their life. You are leading when you're working on one of our tech teams by running cameras or video or lighting or sound. All of those things together help people have an amazing experience with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. And when you're doing that, you're leading because you're leading people to have an experience with Jesus. And God uses that in powerful, powerful ways. So look, here's the thing. You can volunteer at any other organization in our community. But when you volunteer at your church, that's something that has eternal impact and eternal reward. And you can't get that anywhere else other than at your church. So start by leading, by volunteering and helping other people have the same experience that you've had. Okay, number two is funding, funding, okay? So let's just be honest here. It takes, it takes money to make church happen. And look, this doesn't come from anything negative, like our church is not like in financial straits, we're not in the red, like everything is fine, okay? We, we run this church in the black, so that's not motivating any of this, okay? But what most people don't understand is that Parkway Fellowship is 100% supported by the people that are listening to me today, okay? We don't receive money from the Pope, okay? <laughs> Billy Graham doesn't send us a check every month. We don't get money from any other religious organization. That's not how it works. Everything that we have comes from the people that are listening to me here today. And if you're going to be a part of God's forcefully expanding kingdom, look, you've got to give in order to make that happen. I mean, at some point in life, you can't always be a taker. At some point, you have to become a giver. Now, I wish I had more time to explain this, but, but I don't. So let me, just, let me just say it like this, okay? Giving to God has more to do with the condition of your heart than the condition of your church. All right, let me say it again. Giving has more to do with the condition of your heart than the condition of your church. See, God asks you to give more because of what it does in you than what it does anywhere else. Because when you give, it puts you in a position where you are saying to God, God, I trust in you more than I trust in my money. And look, you can say you trust God all day long, but in Till you give him your money, you're really just giving him your lip service. It's really true. And so I would encourage you to start funding because look, funding is part of your spiritual growth more than it is anything else. It's part of your discipleship. And when you trust God and start funding, look, God uses that money to help other people in need. God uses that money to reach out to kids and to teenagers and to adults, some of whom have been far away from God for a really, really long time. 
And so God uses that money in great ways. And because of funding, God has used Parkway Fellowship in 2015 more than he ever has. And I believe because of funding, he will also use Parkway Fellowship in 2016 more than he ever has. It's going to be a great year. Okay. Last thing is inviting. It's inviting. Because look, here's the deal. I can invite people to come to church all day long. But when you invite someone to come to church, you are way more effective. You know why? Because I'm the paid professional, okay? You're the satisfied customer, okay? Which is more effective, right? So you need to be inviting people to come to church, inviting people to experience um, what you've already experienced. And look, when you invite them to come, I promise you, we will do our very best so that they will have the greatest worship experience that they've ever had. That their kids will have an incredible experience in their kids' ministry where they will come away with a, a single biblical truth that they can put to practice in their life. That their teenagers will have an incredible experience in our student ministry where they will begin to become equipped with the tools that will help guide them through this life. But you have to invite them in order to make that come, make that, make that happen. So here it is, leading, funding, inviting. Okay, now look, I know, you might be saying, Pastor Mike, I mean, seriously, I mean, that, that really doesn't sound very spiritual. Nothing could be farther from the truth because it's intensely spiritual because all three of those things are birthed out of your personal relationship with God. See, when you're leading, you're leading other people to have an experience with Christ at church because you have had an experience with Christ that has changed you from the inside out, and you want other people to have that same sort of experience when they come. So you're going to volunteer, and you're going to lead other people to have that same experience through whatever it is that God's calling you to do, whatever it is you feel like God's asking you to do, because you want other people to have that same experience that you have. And when it comes to funding, you say, God, I'm willing to be a part of funding because of, I want to show you with my life that I trust in you and I put you first and there is no second. My your money does not compete with you for my attention or all of my focus. And so God, I want to not just give lip service to you. I want to show you with my actions because I, that I trust you fully and wholly with all of my life. And so I offer this to you as my gift and use it to change other people just like I've been changed. And I'm gonna invite people to come to church because I want them to experience what I've experienced. I want them to have a relationship with Jesus like I have a relationship with Jesus. I've been changed by him to the core and I'm continuing to be changed by him to the core. And so I want them to start down that same road that I have experienced and so that we can all live in eternity together because I love them just like you love them, just like you love me me and died for me on a cross. All of it is intensely spiritual. So leading, funding, and inviting, we all do it because of what he's done for us. And if we do that, 2016 will be the best year any of us have ever experienced. Bow your heads. Let's all pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you so much for what you've done in 2015. I didn't even realize all that you had done until I started looking at it. And so we all want to pause and reflect and say thank you, 
Thank you for all you have done in 2015. But using that as a guide, God, we look forward to 2016 and ask you to do even more. We ask you to use us to do even more, to be a part of your forcefully advancing kingdom in this world. And so I ask you in Jesus' name that you would use us for your glory. And it is for his glory and in his name we ask it all, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.